Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Welcome to a brand new edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stucky. Super excited to be here with you guys again. So look, I've said this on every single episode that I've done this season. And if you listen to them in, in what's the word, consention? Cons- if you listen to them in order, you're going to hear me say this again. And I just got to say it. I am in love with this season because I'm interviewing people that I've always wanted to sit down with. And today, I have to say it again because it's no different. I'm interviewing my friend, Brittany Mingo, Brittany D. Mingo. Welcome to the show, Brittany. Hello, Dax. Good afternoon. <laughs> so Brittany is uh, currently a college advisor, but there's so much more to her story that I want to dive into. And one of the reasons why I'm super excited about this episode specifically is because, like I said at the beginning, I always wanted to interview certain people and then things in their lives and their careers change. Brittany's one of those people that, that's like, this is what I want to do. Since I've, ever since I've known her, she said, like, it's been hinted towards, like, this is what I want to do for years. And now she's stepping into a lot of those things and doing them. And it's super exciting to have you here. But before we get started, I wanted to play a little game with you, just so my viewers can get to know you a little bit more. Okay. All right. So if you were stranded on a desert island and you can only have three things, mm. what three essentials would you have? I would have, so I would just ditch all technology because it's not going to work out there anyway. So I'm not okay. even going to play myself with that. Um, I would have the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have, I don't know why I would pack this, but I would have like a photo album of like all the people that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have um, a match, like a match, a matchbook or a lighter. Not because I'm a smoker or anything, but because I just feel like it's going to help me at some point. Well, you're definitely not about to rub sticks together to make no fire. And you know I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. See, this. I thought you were going to say a hairpiece. Like, I th- I just knew. Oh, that well, you- my wigs. You know, my wigs <laughs> going to be there anyway. It's going to be on the head. and I'm gonna- <laughs> It's going to last. <laughs> Now, I always start this show off with a personal story about like, how I know the person, the connection that I have with them. And with Brittany, there's so many stories, but like one of the ones that really sticks out to me is, is my engagement situation, because like, <laughs> I mean, that, that thing was pushed back for like a year at one point. I'm just like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And I don't know if I've ever told you this either, but at one point, I was just like, okay, well, it's going to happen when it happens. Because every time I would try to plan out something big, it just would never work out. Right, right. <laughs> so I remember we had, well, she decided like, we're going to go to Florida, Disney for her birthday. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And you called me and you were like, this is where it has to happen. And I was like, wait, what? And like, you told me, you're like, do it here. This is what you have to do. And I'm like, okay, but it's got to be a certain type of way. This, then, the third. You're like, it's all possible. And honestly, that was like the best decision. It was I mean, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I'll do it, but you have to come too. And like you I did, was, you made the trip. It was so crazy, Dex, because I literally remember I was sitting on the side of my bed and I was like, oh my gosh, he has to propose to her in Disney. This is perfect. Because I remember you were talking about, you're like, I want her to be all dressed up. And I'm like, huh? let's not get all not dressed up. Happen. Right. That's, <laughs> I'm like, but, and then I remember you're like, I'm going to think about this and I'm going to call you back. I was like, I really hope he like goes with this plan. I really, really hope it. And when you call back and you're like, I'll do it, but you have to come. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, how did I get into this? <laughs> 
but it was amazing. As you can see, almost a year later, it, everything turned out great. Yeah, you know what else? Another thing that's funny is that, like, when I got the ring, like, technically, she picked out the ring. Like, she mm-hmm. showed, like, oh, I like this one, this and the third. And then, like, I played it off or whatever. And, like, I, I was, like, I liked it. And, and, but <laughs> this is terrible. I shouldn't even say this out loud. But it was more important to me to know what you thought about the ring. Than- <laughs> <laughs> like, she's, like, I feel like your style is more in line with mine. And I'm, like, do I like this because she likes it or do I actually like it? But I, when I got your approval, I was like, okay. As you know, my girl is a little more simple, but she did the thing with that ring, though. <laughs> she, she did the thing. She said, I'm popping out. As soon as I got your approval, I was like, okay, I can pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. All right. So you went to Westchester University. You graduated okay. with a degree in psychology. Yes. So like, that's what you wanted to do. Like, what were your goals when you were in undergrad? <laughs> So um, as a high school student, we were, we were um, in the era where all of the forensic shows were popping off. So mm-hmm. I really was a fan of like Criminal Minds and CSI, and I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. I wanted, um, I always wanted to be a lawyer, mm-hmm. um, but in that, in that phase of life, I wanted to be a forensic psychologist. And so psychology was just the natural choice for it because I would have to start with an undergrad degree. So that's why um, I majored in psychology. I also still was very um, interested in law. And um, my counselor told me that it didn't make sense to go to undergrad and study pre-law because you were going to have to go to law school. And so psychology to me just seemed to be um, the next best thing because I'm always interested in um, like more so social behavior, why people think the way they, they do abnormal psychology in that nature of that sort. Now, what I love about that is that like, I feel like we all kind of have like this story where we go to undergrad, we have like a vision of what we want to do. And it's nine times out of 10 based on either something that we were told to do mm-hmm. or something that we were interested in in high school. Mm-hmm. You, you fall right into that category with that one. But then for those of us who like attend grad school and you went to Wilmington University for grad school. Right. And you, by the way, green is my favorite color. And I remember you graduated with a green cap and gown. I remember being jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but you go to grad school and then you major in something that's totally different from mm-hmm. what you actually did. Your graduate degree is in human services. Yes. And I do know that when you graduated from Westchester, you worked at City Year for a bit. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's really bizarre to me, because when they did city year, like I didn't get picked and I'm like, <laughs> like what? No, and I remember being so upset about not getting to pick for city year and oh. like seeing people get picked for city year and do it. I'm like, well, I didn't want to wear them Timberland boots anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but how was that the city year experience and did that influence your decision to go for human services? Yeah, so the city year experience, it came by surprise. I was in my senior year, well, really my junior going into senior year of college. And a lot of things had happened personally and academically that really just made that a very crazy and chaotic time in my life. So I was unsure about a lot of things. I wasn't sure, do I want to be a lawyer? I'm going to go to law school. I'm not really sure. Like, what am I doing here? And I needed a break. And so... I knew that I wanted to take this thing called a gap year is what you take a break from school. But I also knew my parents were not going to let me take a gap year unless I had a real plan for that year. So yeah. I'm like, 
Okay. So I went to the involvement, the volunteer fair at Westchester. And I'm walking around. So you to take a gap year after undergrad. I wanted to take a gap year in between. So I didn't even, I was planning on saying I'm not going back to college for a year. But I knew I had to have a plan in order for them to say, okay, you cannot be in school for a year. That's really funny because I was the exact same way, except same, 100% same situation. I was like, I'm going to take this because I don't want to be at the school anymore. I want to take a year off and then I want to go and I want to go to like a different school or whatever. And my parents are like, okay, like, what's your plan? Like, what school, whatever. I didn't have a plan. So they said, no, you have to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I already knew that the question of the plan was going to happen. So I had to have the plan prepared because I didn't want to hear no. I need the yes. Yes. So I go to the volunteer fair and I'm looking at different organizations. There were a a number of really good organizations, but City Year caught my eye because when I was in high school, we had City Year. But when I was in high school, City Year wasn't, we just used to talk about it. We didn't really do anything. We just like, oh, you're going to City Year, boy. Uh Um, So when I was talking to them, they shared their new model and how they're in schools and they follow this tutoring model and they do push-ins and pull-outs with students to help them get on track with their academics how they work in um, some of the most underserved schools across the nation. Um, A lot of their schools were on the persistently dangerous list. Um, And I just thought it would be cool if I wanted to spend my time a year, and it was a year um, agreement. So I literally would be there from August to June. Um, And so I said, okay, this is pretty cool. Like, I think I would be interested in doing this. Why not? It'd be a great experience. Um, I wanted to, I was interested in, again, either, by that point, I wasn't really interested in forensic psychology. I understood like murder scenes weren't my thing. Um, and so I was, I, law school was the, the, the choice. I'm like, this would be great. I want to do like public service law. Like this, this matches. And I can be able to say like, I've had like hands-on experience. So um, I get to City Year, um, and they actually called me and asked me if I could start earlier. And so I said I'll start earlier, and they put me on a special team, their, um, uh, their pilot team for this uh, college advising mentorship program called CY Mentor. Um, and so that's how that was. City Year was my introduction to nonprofit and education, and I fell in love with it. And so law school began to become the furthest thing from my mind, because in my mind, like the education, like the education system was a matter of social justice and there did need to be a fight in it. And I wanted to be a part of it, like hands-on. And so I fell in love with kids. I fell in love with education. Um, and I realized that I could still fight for social justice in a very different way. Yeah. Um, and so then that's, I got introduced into nonprofits. And so since then I did a lot of nonprofit work and that's why I went to Wilmington for administration of human services, because it would prepare me for a leadership role in nonprofit. And you created your own nonprofit commune, which is phenomenal. Like, I think, I think what really caught my eye with your nonprofit is one that you involve so many people around you. And like so many people want to get involved or wanted to get involved with everything that you were doing. Like, mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> with, <laughs> you did like a like a pancake social at one point. <laughs> and I remember like my goal in life was to always be like a waiter. Like I always wanted to do that. Like <laughs> it was. I remember Fatima was like, Dexter just wants to be a waiter. <laughs> you know, it was like a lost dream. I never got an opportunity to do it. And I always wanted to. And I had my first opportunity, well, my only really, my only opportunity to be a waiter through your organization, which I thought was phenomenal. And I just know that you guys did so much with 
single dads, which I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. I don't want to say people forget about them, but they're, they're definitely not the priority. Right, right. Unfortunately, yeah. And, and I remember you guys like doing stuff with them and collecting purses. I remember at one point my mom was like, do they need more purses? I'm like, that was six months ago. Like, we're good. On <laughs> <laughs> but, but you just have this way of when you do things, like you, you definitely command a following like people want to follow what you do like I remember making fun of you before with social media I'm like you could post anything and people will agree with you but like as I've gotten to know you more it's weird because there's certain things I'm like yeah I see exactly why you would agree with it like even if you don't right off the back agree like reading through it and thinking about it and the type of person that you are it's like I see where she's coming from and like I can get behind that thanks sex I really I really and commune we um we you know we had a hiatus and we are planning to come back and like i'm just so excited for i want to call it like the rebirth of it and just uh the return of it and with commune that's even where the name comes from right to be able to like have everyone involved in fellowship and it'd be like this this place and this organization where everyone feels like they have a part and i am not happy unless i have a bunch of people like around or or into something like I just want and I always want everybody to feel like oh oh you do this oh you can do it over here or like I always just like that option and that idea of like we all have a place and even if we got to make up a place for somebody I just always do like people feeling involved in a part um of whatever it is it could be it could be a lemonade stand if if I think that is genius. I think that works. I always, to me, I'm always like, it's so odd that so many people have so many skills and so many talents and you want to support these people, but it's like, it's so much easier to support people when we're all doing it together. Like we literally right. are supporting each other at one, at one time. Now with it, like after, after you got out of grad school, you moved on and you started to work for the school district as a college and career advisor. Yes. And you've been doing that type of work for quite some time now mm-hmm. why is that like like what happened with you know the psychology the law school and everything and then like how did it turn? I know the city your involvement and everything but like when you first started to do it you know how you're like you know what I think I'm going to shift over to this and you try right. to do it and you're like this ain't gonna work for me right, right. so it seemed to have worked you've been doing it for quite some time now so like what was it about that that made it stick for you I think the very first thing is the children, the mm-hmm. students. I absolutely love kids. And I did not realize that until I started working in city year, because honestly, I was a college kid myself. So, you know, I, I, I don't think that as kids, you know, like, oh, I like working with kids because you're yeah. still a kid yourself. But once I um, was a little fresh out of school and working with kids, I was able to see some of myself in them. Um, because I was not uh, the easiest kid to work with. I was in trouble all the time. And so I seemed to have like my, um, one of my coworkers used to call me the bad kid whisperer. So it was always like, I would have these really great relationships with kids who um, were not always understood or who were making decisions or who were really leaders, but they didn't really know how to cultivate those characteristics Mm -hmm. in a positive way. Um, But even kids who were like, you know, top of their class, I just, ended up falling in love with kids and really being able to build strong relationships. And I think the college advising and the post-secondary, what, what kept me there was the fact that in that role, you're able to really see and watch kids realize their potential. Mm-hmm. 
And so in the beginning of the school year, when you're working with like an 11th grader or a 12th grader, sometimes they're not really sure. A lot of times they don't think that they can um, achieve certain goals. And then they go through a number of, of tasks. And, you know, it's, it's, it can be uh, daunting to do college applications. It can be daunting to try to figure out if you want to go to a trade school. But as they're working through it, when you get to the end of the year and for the students who really um, stick to it, you see this sparkle in their eye and you start to see them realize their own power or you start to see them realize like there is more beyond high school and they start to understand themselves in a way that is very inspiring. They're very proud of themselves for finishing high school. Um, and a lot of times these are first generation students. So they're going to be the first to go to college or they might even be the first to go to trade school. They're the first person to, to take the next step for post-secondary um, institutions. And I just love it because I, I love helping kids realize their passion or even just their next step. Um, so it's funny because you said um, the first of their family to go to trade school. And I've never heard anybody say that. Like I've never heard that before. And I actually just got into a debate with someone recently about the, the, the conversation or the saying that college isn't for everyone. Hmm. When you hear that, like what comes to mind for you and how do you feel about that? when I hear the statement college isn't for everyone yes it's like bing bong absolutely <laughs> right. because um I think we do a disservice to children and to society overall to make everyone think that with billions of people on this earth college is for everyone it's not um and there are a lot of trades there are a lot of um things that are happening in the workforce in the military we don't need everybody to go to college. We need to celebrate all post-secondary pathways. And so, and we need to celebrate them equally. Um, and I tell my students that all the time. I tell them, Ms. Mingo is not going to be any more excited that you chose a four-year school than if you choose a trade school or if you choose a workforce development program. Because the reality is we all have different pathways. We all have a different journey in life, but we're all necessary. And so... I don't want my kids all to go to college. I want them to choose the path that works best for their plan, a path that really matches their skill set, their passion, their desires. And I want them to be successful wherever they go, because the reality is there have been some students who have gone to college and that's been the worst decision that they could have made. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't think college is for everyone. I think, I think a plan is for everyone. So everyone has to have a plan. I tell my kids that all the time. You have to have a plan. It just doesn't have to be college. Yeah. Um, because everything is necessary. It's so funny. So in the debate, right? I I agree, actually. I don't think college is for everyone. I went to college with a lot of people and the college wasn't for them. Right. Like, I, I saw it. <laughs> we and, saw it, right? We we yeah. went to school. Some of them shouldn't have been there. <laughs> Some of them are still there. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but it's weird because I'm like, I don't like when people say college isn't for everyone because like, what does that mean? It doesn't even mean anything. And they were breaking it down. They were like, yeah, but you, you don't just say that. It's more to it. And I think the issue is that like, for me, I've only heard people say college isn't for everyone. But like what you just said, it's, it's the same thing that Fatima said. She's like, you don't just say college isn't for you. Or it's not for everyone. You you tell them they need to have a plan. You come, You help them come up with a plan. Right. And to know that there are people in the education system right now that are having those type of conversations, I think that it's really amazing and really helpful for the youth. I'll say this to like, I, I talked to Dion on the same season too. Mm -hmm. And 
I told him a story about how you and him inspired me. It was, I mean, it was really bad too, because you guys inspired me to quit, <laughs> to quit my job because it was during the pandemic and you guys did this, um, it was during the pandemic and you guys did this interview. And with the interview, you guys were talking about what you were end up, ended up doing with kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, they're really changing the lives of these children. And I want to do that as well. So like with that being said, like, you know, like I quit my job and I started doing something else. It, it worked out. It was fine. But at the same time, I'm still just like, damn, Dexter, you really let them quit. You really like influence, they really influenced you. But you guys are seriously doing like amazing work. But like, that's not all the work that you're doing. So like usually at this portion of the show, I'll ask my guests what's next. But I want to specifically talk about something that I know that's coming up for you. Okay. And that is your entry into ministry yeah so a couple weeks ago I attended your initial ceremony and this is the influence that wasn't a couple weeks ago Dex that was February everything's a couple weeks ago to me after after COVID everything seems like (laughs) so I attended that and I remember I was listening to and I do know the bible but like I'm a little rusty I remember sitting there and you were you were doing you were doing your sermon and you talked you talked about the story of job and i wrote that down and i was like well, I, I like that name i should name my child job and then you kept okay. talking you kept talking i was like oh job is trash i shouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> but can you can you tell me a little bit about ministry like your entry into ministry like and, and what that process is like and okay. what led you to this path okay yeah sure 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 so i i just want to start off saying it my my entry to ministry is is not the same as as everyone's and everybody has a different way so i don't want anyone listening to this thinking that this is the clear-cut way into Mm -hmm. ministry um but in 2015 2015 i was sure that i heard god tell me that he was calling me to preach i was scared out of my mind like you clearly made a mistake um I don't know maybe you called the wrong person guy you got the wrong number um but but I felt it and it was confirmed in so many ways um and so I said okay um I sat on it for a little bit because I was afraid and so it wasn't something that I wanted to share um but then I just kept it just was persistent like he kept saying it to me and I'm just like, uh, leave me alone. Um, so I shared it with my pastor and he and I had a conversation about it and he gave me some books to read. Um, and he, um, he confirmed that he believed that I was called to preach as well. So when he said that to me, I'm like, oh, that scared me even more because I'm like, I was, I was hoping a little bit that he's just like, for you. right. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he was like, nope. And he's known you like for quite some time too. Like, right. I've, I've grown up in the church. So I'm like, he's going to say nah. Um, but he's like, yeah. And so I'm like, okay. All right. Um, and so, you know, a little bit more time goes. And then in, um, I started to, I don't know if you remember, I wrote a blog. So I started writing a blog and my blog was all um, faith-based. And so, you know, talking about stories from the Bible. Um, And then in 2017, I started seminary. So I started seminary in 
2018. Um, I started seminary um, and then it was 2018. I started seminary and then I also started working um, at my current job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, my current job was very, very fast paced. So I stopped. Um, I stopped after my first semester. I absolutely loved my first semester, but it was killing me to navigate transitioning with my job in seminary. Um, I returned back to school in um, 2020 in the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, all that time, still very involved in ministry, right? In church, outside of church, still doing ministry, still, you know, um, primarily with youth, right? So um, missions and teaching and youth fellowship and all of those things, still being very active, but not in seminary. And I remember um, saying to myself, like, well, I'm never going to be able to be a preacher if I can't, you know, finish <laughs> <in the> seminary. <laughs> So um, I was really sad about that. Um, and then um, I got a, I got a, well, my mom told me that my pastor wanted to meet with me and she shared with me that he wanted to meet with me. I'm like, what does he want to meet with me for? Like, you know, I'm like, I, you know, I couldn't understand. Okay. Um, and then he shared, you know, you know, the, how he's been praying for the life of our church. And we already have had conversations about me being licensed as a minister. And so that wasn't really a surprise. Um, but then as we went further into the conversation, um, he said that God um, shared with him and that he truly believed that I, sh- I was called to be the associate pastor of our youth and young adult ministry. I love that. I, I, one, I think it's amazing because I definitely think it fits you. It really speaks to your tra- the trajectory of your career too. Like that makes a lot of sense. And also like, I think a lot of people, especially our age, like when you hear it, you think like, oh, they're going to be judgmental, this, that, and the third. But like even your, your initial sermon, like it was about, yes, I'm friends with people who may do things that I don't do, but like, so is Jesus. And I'm just like, I was like smiling behind them. It, that was incredible. Like you really do have like, like, like this voice and like this, I don't know. I guess this influence is really what it is. And like, you're phenomenal with it. I, I, I think you're going to do like an amazing job. And, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. Thank you, Dex. I, I, I pray. I, I appreciate that. It is a very, um, I still get a little tongue-tied um, with it and don't always um, know what to say. Um, it is very, very, especially with my own experience, it's just from like childhood. It is very, very, I'm still very much in awe that God would, you know, choose me. I'm, I'm yeah. trying not to get like all tongue-tied. No, I, <laughs> no, I get it. He would choose me, but I'm also very excited um, because I think that we are in a place just in this generation and society is in a place where the message of God needs to go back to what it is intended to be and that it is a gospel for us all and that we do have to remove judgment and we do have to be welcoming and we do have to help people understand that and remember what Jesus's walk really looked like because I think a lot of times especially in our country right we 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 take a lot of things and and clothe them under Christianity and it's nothing like what God has intended um for his people. So amen. Like I said amen. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, just agree. I did not mean to say amen. 
All right, and finally, to wrap up the show, I have to ask you for your puzzle piece. I'm actually really curious about this one too, because you you come with the quotes. <laughs> your puzzle piece, so that's a quote, a mantra, or anything that you use to encourage yourself or others around you. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna give you two. Okay. okay. All right. So my first one is uh, from Kobe Bryant. And I use this mantra at work when I'm working with my students and when I'm guiding and advising them. Um, and it says the most important thing is to try and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. I like that. So I keep that in mind with my kids. Um, and then my second quote um, in life, and it's also my quote in my personal email, is from um, Devin Franklin. Mm-hmm. And it goes, talk to the vision, talk to the love, talk to the prosperity, talk to the peace. Then after a while, you'll talk from it. Oh, that like, that like perfectly sums up your, like this interview, like it really sums up like your life and like how you did it. Like you really did talk to your vision the entire time. And I like that. I like it when people have quotes and stuff like that, not only that makes sense for other people, but you could tell that they live by them too. So that's, that's amazing. And also I just want to note that we got through this entire thing and I did not say, Hey, mate, I see you got your made up. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes i told you i'm not the maid anymore i have to retire though that's hard though you, you have to you have to let that go <laughs> where can they find you if they want to follow up with more with you and just see what you're up to um i'm just a regular person so you know i'm on instagram <laughs> ain't been good um facebook Brittany d mingo yeah so i mean yeah <laughs> Um, thank you once again for your time on the show today. Guys, if you heard any beeping, like with the smoke detector, I promise you it wasn't me, it was her. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I, I'm going to get my life together and put, put the battery in. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this season of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. Brittany, thank you again for joining the show. Thanks, Dex. Hey, guys. Industry Friends is now on Instagram at Industry Friends. So after you rate the show, subscribe to the show, repost the show, review the show, and tell your friends about it, follow us on Instagram at Industry Friends. Industry Friends. Friends.